everyone. Welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is Thursday. It's April 8th. It's 2021, and we have seven baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by the man himself, Blenderhead. What's happening, Jordan? Not much. Uh, we got some day baseball going on in the midweek. It's kind of, it's kind of weird because uh, it seems like the slate took forever. It's like one o'clock. Then they had the four o'clock games. And then it, then it, it, it you get to like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. And it's like, oh, like there's nothing, there's nothing to do. I guess I get the night off. I mean, cause I'm not playing NBA anymore. Cause that's, that's getting stupid. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been nice. And we get another, another day baseball slate tomorrow or today, NBA. Or whatever, played, whatever you want to call it. I played the NBA on Wednesday cause I did the podcast and I instantly regretted it. Um, when all the news started coming out uh, and I had to keep adjusting and doing all that stuff. So uh, we'll see how it turns out. We had that today. And if you played the, the late showdown or whatever slate, the diamondbacks just never gave out a lineup. Just, just it's like 10 minutes to game time. And then we got a starting lineup. Apparently someone got suspended or someone's out for a relief pitcher. So like people were tweeting that, Oh, now, now baseball is getting like the NBA where, Oh, we don't even know who's going to, we don't even know the batting order for, for a team 10 minutes before lock. That's really weird because it's supposed to be an hour and a half, um, hour and a half after, or an hour and a half before lineup lock is when they're supposed to have lineups to umpires. So that's definitely not the case that I think we have to worry about moving forward. So um, we'll see. Um, Seven games, a lot to kind of get through here. A lot to talk about. We have some decent pitching options on this slate. Um, but we're dumpster diving a little bit today too. So a lot to, a lot to talk about. So let's get into it. We start with Miami at New York, taking on the Mets. No total in this game. I think it's because uh, Miami just kind of announced their starter here recent, like not too long ago. Um, it's going to be Nick Niedert against Tajon Walker. Um, any interest here in Niedert? I don't, I don't, I don't think you have to pay down that much for pitching. We're going to see on this slate that there's going to be a very chalky. It's cores bats are going to be the Uber stone cold chalk, like all of them. Uh, And you're still going to be able to pay a decent amount for pitching. The highest price pitcher is 9,400 on DraftKings. So it's not even that cost prohibitive. So like, I mean, you don't even have to play a 6k pitcher to play a 25k five man stack. And how many innings is this guy going to pitch? Who? Who knows? Against the Mets, is that a team I want to target? Not really. So to me, it's just I X them out. Yeah, like above average changeup, below average everything else. Um, you know, from what I was looking at, you know, we we really are going to have a lot of guys that have pitched a lot at like the single A level and not a lot at like triple A level um, because of last year and all that stuff. Like he threw eight innings in the bigs last year. Um, you know, four point five percent swinging strike route in eight innings. So very small sample size. But even looking back at like his minor league numbers, he really like he played in Double A in two thousand eighteen and had a twenty five percent K rate. But it just everything else that I'm looking at, Triple A and all that stuff, under twenty percent. So don't think you're going to need him today. And we actually might target some bats against him um, because he is not a guy that's going to blow it by people. Tajon Walker on the other side here. Um, any interest in him? I mean, he's okay. I mean, do I want to pay 7700 for Walker? No. But, I mean, you can. I mean, 
the 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 lower level pitching options are not like great to begin with. Uh, I mean, a GPP flyer. If you want to be a little bit different in in your lineup, sure. I mean, they're facing the Marlins, so I never I never have a problem taking a pitcher against them. Yeah, he's a guy that can get strikeouts. He's he's much better um, against righties than he is against lefties. So I do think. I don't know. You're not typically too worried about the lefties in this lineup because it's really Dickerson. Um, you know, that's the only guy you're really worried about. And it's a lot of righties. So I think the matchup is nice for Walker. And I think that goes kind of deep. If we do get weather concerns in a couple of these games, which we're potentially looking at the night before impossible to tell. We'll see what Roth has to say um, tomorrow morning. But I think, he is in play, and I think that's saying a lot um, on this slate for some of these guys we're going to be talking about. Um, any Marlins bats that you like here? The fact that Starling Marte is $700 more expensive than any bat in cores is just laughable. $5,800 uh, in City Field? I mean, what, what, what are we smoking here? Uh, I mean, they're, the Marlins aren't even that cheap. I mean... 3,900, 4,100, 4,300, 3,600. We're going to get the cores. You're going to go, why are these, why? You're paying the same prices. Uh, and the, the Marlins, I know the line isn't out, but I'm assuming their implied team total is going to be under four. Uh, why? Like, what, what, would, what would be the point? Dickerson as a one-off, 3,600? Uh, sure, I guess. But is it necessary on this slate? Probably not. Yeah, like Dickerson would be the one guy that I'd, I'd have slight interest, but like Conforto is the same price on the other side of the game, and I'd much rather have Conforto at the same price. Like you know, you already talked about Marte. You're not stacking the Marlins when you have to pay fifty eight hundred for Marte, and you're not stacking the Marlins in general usually. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm out when it comes to the Marlins bats. Like again, you could take shots on Dickerson, but I don't love it. Um. Let's talk Mets bats here. Anything standing out to you for the Mets? Well, you mentioned it. Conforto at thirty six hundred. I could use him as a one off. I think. I mean, just the stack. The stack price is okay. I'm not a big fan of playing. You know, on this slate, a five man stack from City Field, sixty four degree weather. Like, if I could avoid it, I will. But I mean, do I need to pay forty seven hundred dollars for Lindor? Maybe at a, at a weaker shortstop position. But outside of that, like Alonzo forty nine hundred, you're gonna see that once we get to, once we get to that cores game, you're gonna wonder why are these guys priced this way, and why aren't you just jamming everything? I mean, it's gonna be the chalk. So like, understand that like the the Mets will be lower owned. So like in the grand scheme of things, check ownership, and we may have the situation this slate on a seven game slate. There's only fourteen teams to choose from. We may have two teams in cores that take up like half the ownership or more in the entire contest. And if that, if that game goes, you know, three to two or something like some of these, one of these other stacks is going to be the winner. Which one is it going to be? Who knows, but it, it's more likely to be the Mets than the Marlins. Yeah. Like they're, they're cheap as like a stack, just kind of looking at it. Like, yeah, you got to pay up for Lindor, Alonzo, Dom Smith, but you know, just Nimmo, Conforto, McNeil, like you can, you can make this stack work and it's, it's not going to break the bank. And yeah, you know, well, 
we don't know a ton about Niedert, but we know that like he's not going to blow the ball by anybody. So I, I don't hate the Mets, but I hate the ballpark, <laughs> like and the weather. Hate the ballpark and the weather. Uh, moving on, we got the Cubs and the Pirates, eight and a half total. Cubs, one forty-eight favorites here. Jake Arrieta against Tyler Anderson. Um, any interest here in Jake Arrieta? No, I mean the the, the biggest the biggest factor in this game is that. Right as of right now, uh, they're projecting you know 13 mile an hour wind blowing in, and uh, it's Pittsburgh, and that's already uh, not a great hitter's park as it is, uh, which gives a bump to the pitchers. But do I want to pay 8,500 for Jake Arrieta? I think I think that people mistake the the Pirates outside of maybe like Polanco or something as a, like a high strikeout team. They're not. They're just a very poor power team. So, like, Arietta is not a pitcher that really generates many strikeouts to begin with. So, from an upside perspective, it's like, what are you really getting from him at 8,500? There are other pitchers on the slate that have more upside that I'd rather attack than, I mean, if Arietta was 6,500, yeah, maybe we'd be talking about it. But, uh, but no, I, 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 I'm not, I, I try to avoid rostering Jake Arietta in the year 2021. I think it all depends on the lineup. Like if they roll out the same lineup that they rolled out Wednesday, there are a ton of like strikeouts in the lineup. There were, I think five or six guys with strikeout rates over 25% since the start of the last season against Ryan and pitching. So I don't want to pay 8,500 for Jake Arrieta. Um, you know, he's not likely going to get blown up in this spot, but this is a dude with a 17% K rate since the start of last season. Um, you know, it's not the Jake Arrieta of five, six, seven years ago where, you know, he was going out and he could double digit strike out these guys. He just, he's not the same pitcher. So look good in his first start against the same team. They're going to get another, you know, crack at him here. I hate that. Like, uh, I just, I'm not paying 85 for Arietta. Um Any interest here in Anderson? No. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Anderson, 17% K rate since the start of last year, 5.76 XFIP. He just – he doesn't do anything. Like, he – Batting walks. practice. I mean, that's what he throws. <laughs> yeah, like, gets a lot of fly balls. Maybe the fly balls stay in the yard in this game. That's the only thing that, like, helps him. But Babbitt's really going to have to be on your side um, if you're if you're playing Anderson. Let's talk Cubs bats. Anything stand out to you for the Cubs? Well, guess that uh, it's 13 mile an hour wind blowing in in Pittsburgh. Do I want to pay $25,000 for a five man stack of the Cubs when cores, both sides of cores is cheaper? No, that it'll make the Cubs low owned, but, but rightfully so. I mean, the first five guys in the lineup, I mean, it'll cost 25,000 on DraftKings. That seems ridiculous. Maybe, maybe you play, uh, uh, maybe play Baez. Or Contreras, because catcher, shortstop, you know, the weak position, scarce position type of thing. So you're more willing to pay up for raw points. But outside of that, like, you're you're only playing a cub stack to be different. Not because, you know, not not due to value, definitely. Yeah, I don't I don't have any interest in playing the Cubs here. Um, you kind of touched on it. Like, if you want to play a one-off and just try to chase a home run, I'm not going to talk you off of it. But, yeah, I don't even, like... David Boat at 3,400 would be the one that's like standing out the most to me. But again, I'm not playing any of these guys. And the same kind of goes for Pittsburgh here. Like the guy that I like to play on Pittsburgh is Moran, but I'm not going to play him in a spot 
where I'm sacrificing first base for a game that's going to have really crappy weather. Yeah, and the same thing you could say at, at, at every position. Like, on a different slate, using some of these guys as value plays wouldn't be that bad against Arietta. Newman, 3,600. Brian Reynolds, 3,200. It's just the pricing soft enough that you, you don't even – why take a pirate? Like, you don't have to. Like, you don't have to play Adam Frazier at $3,700 leading off. You can – but I mean, you don't, you just don't have to. So even if you were to play a pirate stack, you have all this money left over. It's just like, what, what are you going to do with it? You're not going to do much with it. So same thing with the Cubs. It's like, yeah, they're cheap, but like the opportunity cost in your lineup is going to be, you better hope the pirates put up eight runs because because then they're not going to get there otherwise. So yes, I, I, I think the one-offs, if you want to hunt home runs or something, I'm not a big fan of doing that against Arietta to begin with, but uh, you know, it's not out of the question. Boston at Baltimore, nine and a half total in this one. Boston, a 167 favorite. Eduardo Rodriguez against Matt Harvey. Um, Rodriguez kind of banged up in preseason, dealing with a little bit of dead arm. Um, I don't really know how deep we should expect Eduardo Rodriguez to pitch in this game. I, I would put like, I'd put a max at 85, but I think it's probably going to be closer to like 70 to 75. Um, thoughts on Eduardo Rodriguez? Uh, if he, if you told me he was going to pitch 100 pitches, I'd be interested with 7,900. Because for the risk, I mean, he's risky. I mean, even when, even when he's healthy, he's risky. It's Erod. Uh I want to be able to be I want to be able to be compensated for that risk. So it's seventy nine hundred. Like I'd rather play uh, Tawan Walker than him if like there's a there's an instance on his on his pitch count because he could get into trouble. Not trouble like getting hit. He could get into trouble because he could walk four guys. And if his pitch count's going to be you know if his limit's going to be eighty possibly, like he could hit that in the middle of the third inning. So. If if that's the downside, like I'd rather I'd rather stay away, but I'm assuming most people will also. So he does he does has have strikeout stuff. Uh, the Orioles lineup is not threatening, although they're going to be mostly righties that they're going to be throwing at uh, Rodriguez. So like yeah, if he comes in at five percent or lower owned, maybe take a shot in large field GPPs, but most likely I avoid elsewhere uh, otherwise. Yeah, just worry about the pitch count. Like you said, if he starts walking guys, he he could be out in three innings. And even honestly, the pitching is not great. Like that will burn you. So maybe we get some more clarity before lock um, on how much he's really going to pitch here. But I don't know. I don't think he's going to go deep here. You know, they said he pitched, he built up his pitches. I don't know. We'll see. I I am I'm very. Very interested to see how let they deep they go, but I'll tell you one thing: I'm not playing Matt Harvey. I can tell you that he's seventy six hundred. What are you kidding me? Seventy six hundred? Like he it, could be? He could he be, be five thousand? I would have said no. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Matt Harvey four point eight x FIP, seventeen percent K rate since the start of last season. ISO over two seventy five and Wobo over four thirty to both sides of the plate. Um. That's an easy pass for me. Let's talk Boston bats. Um, They're expensive. I think they're super interesting and it'd be really interesting to see what their ownership compares to cores because cores is so cheap 
but we have some cheap pitching on this slate. What are you doing here with the Red Sox? I think the Red Sox are the next best option. Obviously, you can tell by their team total. They have a 5.1 implied team total, which is the highest outside of cores. But I also think that that the ownership is going to go with that. Yeah, they're expensive. So it's like J.D. Martinez is 5,600. Devers is 5,400. But the pitching options, you don't have studs on this slate pitching-wise. So you could play like a three-man, one of the cores teams, and then a five-man Red Sox stack and, and be fine salary-wise. And I think that's going to be what I consider to be the most owned contrarian way to go. So I think if you're thinking that, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Red Sox stack, to get off of cores, I think that's what a lot of people are going to think, and we're going to be we're going to be a little bit, a little bit uh, surprised at like you know the ownership of guys like Verdugo or Renfro or Kiki Hernandez, maybe Vasquez at fifty two hundred. A catcher is a little stretch, but I think the heart of this order is going to be a little bit more owned than you would you would think because to me, most people are going to think okay, cores is the chalk. Where do I be different? And Boston's the first place to go. Yeah, well, they're in a great spot, so it makes a ton of sense. So and Matt Harvey, everyone loves picking on Matt Harvey. Yeah, because he gives up home runs in bunches, bunches. So, yeah, listen, I like the Red Sox a lot here. I think this is a great spot for them. Be really interesting to see, like, if Renfro cracks the lineup, Dahlback, those guys are interesting. Harvey's bad to both sides of the plate, and, like, Dahlback's a guy, 260 ISO against righty since the start of last season. He just strikes out a ton. Harvey's not going to strike people out at a, at a high clip. So Dahlback would be one in there that I think you could get different with in your Red Sox stack. So just throwing his name out there. Um, the Boston side of things, like, I mean, the Baltimore side of things, sorry. Um, this team stinks against left-handed pitching. Like, if Rodriguez was pitching deep in this game, I'd be all over him. Like, I don't mind maybe going Santander. Um, maybe Franco is like one-offs, but like, I'm not stacking Baltimore in this game. I'm stacking Baltimore. I, I like it. Like, go for it because the Boston bullpen's terrible. So right, that's that, fun. that that's the all I see in the in, in the range of outcomes with Eduardo Rodriguez is either he pitches extremely well and the Orioles don't get anything for six innings, or Rodriguez walks four guys. I love picking up pitchers that walk people. They're great for stacks. They get people on base. They allow for, you know, multi-home runs and doubles and RBIs and stuff like that. Uh, and if he walks four guys and only pitches three innings, you're going to get six innings of the Boston bullpen, which is atrocious. They're playing in Baltimore. The weather isn't that bad, 66 degrees, you know, not wind blowing in. It's a good ballpark for hitting. And the prices are, you know, Mancini, Santander, Mountcastle. Franco's not a big strikeout guy. Severino's cheap enough in the stack. If you want to need to play Freddie Galvis in a midfield, in a middle infield position, like I'm not against that. I think the stack is cheap enough where you could pair Baltimore with one of the core sides, still play the chalk pitchers and still be different and still be different enough. And I think that the Orioles have as much of a chance of putting up, uh, you know, five plus runs as, as any of the other teams that have the similar implied total and, and they're a little bit cheaper and they, and they fit positionally. Decently, you have to wor worry about Mountcastle and Mancini. Because, like, I think Cedric Mullins, I think you just disregard if he leads off. I'm not even sure if he would lead off against the lefty. 
but I'm more likely to like Mancini, Santander, Mountcastle, Franco, Severino, like something like that. And it's, it's, you're, you're almost in vomit stack territory. I think you're like maybe a hundred dollars off or something. And, uh, and yeah, and then I could stack, I could stack the Rockies and right. I could, I could play a four, four, I could play a five, three. I mean, they all go together. And I don't think the Baltimore stack is going to be that owned. I think I wouldn't be shocked if Austin Hayes leads off, by the way. Um, Isn't he on the IL? Did he get hurt? Did, uh, he got hurt in another game. I don't know if he got put on the IL. I know he came out of a game like a couple of oh, days Oh, you're ago. right. He did get put on the IL. I missed that. He's not a guy that plays every day, so I definitely missed that one. That's my bad. Right. That's why I said I don't know if they're going to have Mullins lead off against the lefty, but I don't know who else they're going to have. They Valeka? I mean. Patty V. <laughs> That's Siege's boy. Uh, anybody that used to listen, that guy used to play for Colorado, and Siege loved him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did they call up um, McKenna? I think they called up McKenna, right? Uh, maybe he. Or they, or they maybe... could just lead off with Mancini. What does it matter who the leadoff guy is? They well, just... McKenna, McKenna is twenty one hundred. So if he cracks the lineup instead of Mullins, that that makes the stack a vomit stack. That's what I was trying to get to. Ah. But also, it makes it a little bit more popular because then when someone sees a $2,100 leadoff hitter on DK, it's like, that's that. There you go. Got to play him. Their eyes get big. It lights up. Right, um, until they realize that he's just a, a, he's just a worse version of, of Tim LaCastro, right? <laughs> right, because always with the diamond back. LaCastro's in, leading off, got to play him. And he, thank you for five points. Like, that's his ceiling. Thanks. <laughs> uh, Arizona at Colorado, 12 total. Um, in this one, it's a pick 'em game. <sighs> Kelly against Gray. Can we just skip the pitchers here? We're not playing these guys, right? No. I mean, if you're, yes, you want to be extremely contrarian, go for it. But I mean, at the prices that they are, I mean, you have other pitchers. You can play a ton of, you can play other pitchers. If you want to get different, just, I mean, you have so many other 7K pitchers on this entire slate. Just play them. Yeah. Like, John Gray pitched decent in his first start. Like he struck out seven against the Dodgers in course. John Gray is a guy that I want to play outside of cores if he is going to be back to like John Gray strikeout ground ball status, but I'm not playing him in course. We've been um, saying that for years, though. I know. That's what I'm saying, though. If he's back, you got to see if he's back. He was terrible last back, year. He was back. He hasn't been back for four years. He was terrible last year. Terrible. Um, Arizona bats. Let's talk about them. Listen, the, this whole game is underpriced. Um, there's no no secret about that, especially if Kettle Marte doesn't play. He deal, He's dealing with a hamstring injury. He left Wednesday's game. Um, so if he's out, like, it just makes it even cheaper. Yeah, I mean, both teams are just, it's what happened, DraftKings. I mean, what, on, on FanDuel, it's a different story. FanDuel, they're priced competitively. They're up. So you you have to actually pay pay you have to pay something for them. I mean you can still do it, but here on I mean come on, uh, I mean, it almost like Rojas is forty four hundred and that seems overpriced for the for the other people in the stack. You got Peralta at four thousand. You got Cabrera at forty two hundred. Escobar at thirty eight hundred. Christian Walker's forty seven hundred, but that's underpriced for cores. LaCastro, yeah, we we're making fun of him. He's thirty four hundred. They'll probably only give you five points, but whatever. Put them in the stack. Like, like, dude, the stack is 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 barely over, barely over 21K. And they have a 5.4, they 5.4 implied run total, second highest run total in the slate in cores 
against John Gray. Not a bad pitcher, but not a great pitcher. Like, like, dude, you're look, you're looking at the chalk stack right here. Yeah, <laughs> there's no reason for it not to be the chalk stack too, especially like in cash games and stuff. It's just going to be very, very popular, and it, it just this whole game, this whole game, even like the Rocky side. You know, we haven't got to them yet, but the whole like this whole game, just in general. What happened? Just, Even on the Rocky side, let's talk about the Rocky side. Let's look at this lineup. If it lines, if the lineup is this, Tepi is 3,700, Hampson's 3,200, Story and Blackman are 5,100 and 5,000. That's 1,000 underpriced against Merrill Kelly, who who cares? CJ Crone is 3,800 at first base. Ryan McMahon, who hit three home runs the other day, he got, he's the one that got priced up a bit, the 4,500, but he's still playable. Fuentes, Nunez, they're under 35. I mean, come on. What like, like, dude, this game has a 12 total. Like, this the you could stack both sides of this game. You could play a 4-4, 5-3, have both sides of the game and still leave a thousand on the table with two pitches. Like, like, but understand it's easily the these are the best plays. These are the best projected plays. Any projection system is gonna say that it's gonna want to jam in as many of these guys as possible from this game understand that that doesn't mean that you have to play them because they're going to, I mean, this is this game on, on a seven game slate, Stevie, you have to think that a minimum, a minimum of probably 60% of lineups in a large field con- contest have at least one player from this game. And maybe, maybe it's not even sick. 80%. I mean, like, like how do you, how do you build any lineup even with a one-off because they're all undervalued. But the stack wise, I think like the stacks of this game will be like half of the half of the lineups in the contest. If this game duds and you pick something else, like you don't have to win with a high score. So just like I, I think the lineup construction matters a lot. If it was a 12 game slate, you have a lot of other options. But on a seven game slate, like dude, the ownership on this stuff is gonna be is gonna be nuts. But I, it's it's almost Stevie, it's warrant. It's like like I was looking at building like Orioles stack lineups, like I said before. Like, it's almost impossible not to, like, like unless I want to overpay for Starling Marte and the Marlins for no apparent reason. Like, how do I not choose, like, Blackman and Store and even to pay up for those guys or Walker compared to who else is on the slate? There is a team that we're going to get to here in a minute that I love. And, like, I, I hope they fly under the radar today. Um, but I think it's two games away. So we'll get there in a second. Um. They're the best place. Like you're getting off of them, just hoping that it's like a, a nine run game without a lot of home runs. And you're hoping your stack outscores them with home runs. But you're not going to build many teams today where you like not having exposure to this cores game. And it has a 12 total in their way under price. Like there's nothing else that needs to be said. It's the price. I mean, it's not the game. A lot of times, most times I fade cores. I go, okay, everyone is, the stacks are 25K. Everyone's over 5K. And it's like, if the Diamondbacks were over, like if if we had Rojas at 5,200 and Walker at 5,800 and Peralta at 52, I'd be like, okay, this this is fadeable. But the value, I mean, it's just, this, this game is priced as if they're playing in, if they're playing in like Seattle or something. I mean, like, because even Sto- like Trevor Story is the most expensive guy in the game, and I still still think he sh- against Merrill Kelly he should be like six thousand. 
at shortstop and shortstop's a weak position to begin with. So it's like, how do you not plug in story? Yeah. All right. Moving along in this one, we got Kansas city at Chicago taking on the white Sox. nine total white Sox, a one sixty favorite Brad Keller against Lance Lynn. This is one of the games that I just mentioned a little while ago that we're going to have to be paying attention to the weather. Um, this is one of those games that potentially have some weather that, you know, we'll definitely have to see what Kevin Roth has to say. Um, any interest here in Brad Keller? Uh, not on this slate. I mean, he had, didn't have he the first outing. Terrible in that game. Right. Uh, not against the White Sox. I mean, there'll be, there'll be situations where a cheap Brad Keller will be useful, uh, but this isn't the slate for it. Yeah, I'm out on Keller. Uh, if he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong. But he looked terrible um, in the first game against Texas. Lance Lynn on the other side of this game, you know, 99 pitches in his first start. And he's 8,700, but we know what we're getting out of Lance Lynn. He's going to strike some guys out. He's probably going to give up a couple runs. But if he's pitching well, he's probably going to throw over 100 pitches. Right. I love Lance Lynn's leash is always, you know, he's not going to be 120 pitches this early in the season, but like once we get into the mid, he's, he is him and Bauer are like the two guys that like they'll pitch until they'll let them pitch until their arm falls off. And I take a look at this Royals lineup. Like it's most of the power is righties and the Lance Lynn, you know, his problem is with lefties. I mean, like as long, as long as he's throwing against righties, I mean, I'm not scared of Benintendi. I mean, you have Carlos Santana, but Kyle Isbell and Nicky Lopez, I don't, these guys aren't hitting home runs off of Lance Lynn. So to me, barring the weather concern, like I, I think, I think Lance Lynn is like the most reliable, highest upside pitcher, pitcher that's on the slate. He could pitch, he could pitch seven plus innings here. Yep. Um. Yeah. I don't really have anything to argue as far as Lance Lynn goes. Um, definitely somebody that I'm looking at if the weather's okay. It all depends on the weather. Um, you know, 26% K rate. Really, really good stuff against lefties last year. Um, and really doing it with like fastballs, not even trying to like it just it was more location and command and doing it with fastballs. And the bottom of the bottom of the Kansas city lineup is not great too. So, you know, definitely a bump there. Um, just looking at who's potentially down there. It's, it's kind of ugly. Um, let's talk Kansas city bats. Like outside of like, if when you get past like the, the four or five spot here, it gets, and like even Solaire, 35% K rate, like the bottom of this order is just a strikeout waiting to happen. Right. It makes it hard to stack. Yeah, I mean, this this the typically the Royals now are just like home run hunting, and that's about it. Because once you get once you get, I mean, the bottom of their order is just god awful. I mean, until like Mondesi's back or something like this. I mean, even Ben Attendee batting second. I mean, he probably should be batting towards the bottom of the order also. Uh, so then I'm not paying fifty eight hundred for Sal Perez on the slate. So because uh, so good luck with that. Sixty one hundred yeah. for Merrifield. I just noticed that. I was going to say, how did you not see that? 6,100, he's $1,000 more expensive than anyone in the Coors game. 
I was waiting for your reaction. Um, I didn't even know it because I was discounted because I was playing Lance Lynn. So it's like, I'm not playing the Royals. And then finally, I'm like, okay, they probably, I get it. Catchers are scarce. They're going to price up Sal Perez. He hit home run the other day. And then I looked up. It's like, Whit Merrifield, when did he turn into Barry Bonds on this slate? But at 6,100, no one will be playing him. Yeah. I just, there's just nothing that, Nothing that stands out as like a great play. Like if Maryfield and Perez weren't so expensive, you could take shots on those guys. But Ben Nintendi at 4.4 is okay. But Solaire's 3.6 for a home run. But yeah, I'm just, I'm not playing these guys more, more than likely. I do like the White Sox. I think they're somewhat interesting. They're not the stack that I was talking about, but I do think, you know, Keller, as bad as he looked in that first start, with the prices on the White Sox, I don't think a lot of people are going to play White Sox here. They're going to be a tougher team to stack too, but they're, they're maybe a nice pivot off of Boston. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, uh, I mean, we have Luis Robert, if he about second this game rather than down in the order. I mean, I, Mankata, I mean, he's, he's he tons of strikeouts there. Uh, I mean, it's doable. I mean, I'm not excited about it, but I can understand if you play it as a, as a contrarian stack, it's not my, it's not my, it's not my favorite expensive stack. I think, I think me, I think me and you're going to be on the same page with the, the, the expensive stack uh, because I like the Orioles are a cheaper stack. So like, to me, that's my overall favorite, like cheap stack type of thing, but I can, I can understand the white Sox. I'm, I think I'm more inclined to play white Sox one-offs than play the whole stack against Keller. Yeah. Um, you know, assuming that Moncada is back, like in the lineup, they gave him a day off on Wednesday. You know, slow start to the season. Assuming that he's back in the lineup, like it's not as good. But with Tim Anderson, um, with him being out and Jimenez being out, like it's not as good. But I, I still think they're a team that they could score runs here, um, especially if Keller's bad and you get the Kansas City bullpen for five or six innings, like. You know, that's that's dream spots. Got to you got to stack against bullpen sometimes too, not just starting pitchers. Like we were talking about with the Red Sox with Baltimore, the Boston bullpen is trash. So yeah, you gotta you gotta stack against bullpen sometimes. Um, Seattle at Minnesota, eight total. Minnesota one eighty favorite here. Marco Gonzalez against Jose Barrios. Um, any interest here in Marco Gonzalez? I mean, not in not in not in twenty twenty one. I'm more interested in the bats against him. Yeah, we're going to be on the same stack. Um, yep. So I'm I'm with you. I'm going to be just like, I'm not even going to sugarcoat. I'm going to be loading up on Minnesota in the spot. I do not like Marco Gonzalez. Uh, the other side, Jose Barrios. Um, obviously, uh, a very, very top-end pitcher today. He's the highest-priced pitcher. I think a lot of people are going to be deciding between like Barrios and Burns. Um, I think they're both really strong plays on the slate. Um, this is a great spot. Barrios looked great in his first start. Only 84 pitches. I think we potentially see 90-95 here, um, which adds a little bit more to his upside, but I think he is the top pitcher on the slate. Uh, yeah, I guess top pitcher on the slate only because of matchup. Because the Seattle lineup doesn't scare me, and even if they like Kyle Seager's, like the the only guy that that I'm, I would be like quote scared of, like even if they tra- Taylor Trammell as a lefty, Marmalejos, 
marmalade. I mean, whatever. I mean, do I care that they're they're all oh, lefties? JP Crawford batting at the bottom of the lineup. Like I think Berrios could throw hundred pitches, and I'm not expect. You have to. You can't expect him to get like blown up or anything. So like I put him slightly above like Lance Lynn, but not like remarkably. I th- I, I look at Berrios, Lynn, and Burns and go. I'm probably going to play two out of those three pitchers in my lineup. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm, I know Burns pitched amazing in his first start um, and it was against Minnesota and looked great. I'm just always so hesitant with Brewers pitchers because of how good that bullpen is. And, and it has, it has nothing to do with the talent. It's just, it's the coaching. You know, they get into a spot where they get into a little bit of trouble in the fifth or sixth inning. They go they go to the bullpen, and it's just it's frustrating for DFS. So I like Barrios. I like Burns. Um, both of these guys are going to be – you can play them together and still play cores if you want. So that's what's so messed up about this slate in general. Uh, is there any Seattle bats that you like here? Kyle Seager, third base, if anything. I mean – I mean, who am I really attacking? I mean, the prices of the of the Mariners of their good players are. I mean, you could play Coors bats for those prices. So, like Hanniger, France, Dylan Moore. I mean, why am I paying forty six hundred for Dylan Moore? That seems stupid. You play Tom Murphy twenty five hundred if you want to punt a catcher. Like nothing really stands. I mean, if the Coors prices weren't the way they were, like I guess you could consider this. But I mean, I think I'd rather play Orioles. I think I'd rather play cheap other teams than Gonzalez. The only the only uh, regard that you'd have is that if uh, if Barrios ends up as like a really chalky 40 plus percent owned, that to me the the the, the Mariners bats are more valuable the more owned that Barrios is because then you get the like the leverage. But if 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 Barrios ends up around the same ownership as as Burns or Lynn or whatever like like um, just Take other bats. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. But like, if Barrios ends up at fifty plus percent owned, if I have, if I'm now in a 50-50 of, do I take Kyle Seager at third base or do I take someone else at the like? Then I'm more inclined because I know that the Mariners are going to be lower owned and that they're going to be even more negatively correlated with more more of the field than they would be. Yeah, it makes perfectly good sense. Um, completely understand what you're trying to say there. Um, Let's talk twins bats. Twins, let's do it. Everyone yeah, like, got on the twins today. Every everyone and their mother played the twins and they they disappointed. Nelson Cruz was a million percent owned. He's facing another lefty. Coors is cheap. Everyone's gonna play them. D- d- doesn't this just reek of flop lag and Nelson Cruz hitting two home runs? Go right back to them. I played them too. I lost money on Wednesday. Go right back to Minnesota. Like right back to them. Like you don't even think twice about it. You go right back to them. Right. The only problem is that they may have like seven thousand outfielders in their lineup. Like everyone's outfield eligible for the Twins. Uh, but if Garver leads off, there fills your catcher. Polanco at second base, and then you mix in Cruz, Buxton, Sano, Kepler. I mean Kepler won't won't bat for most likely bat in the bottom of the order. Kyle Garlick's there at twenty four hundred, but just to understand that he's more likely to come out of the game. He only had two at bats. I believe yesterday, but I mean, he's cheap. He's 2,400, but like, don't, don't get like, Oh my God, I'm getting a, don't, don't, 
don't the Tim LaCastro syndrome of like $2,400 batter bet because he was chalky and he didn't really get there. But uh, I think the twins, most people, like I said before, I think people are going to go from the cores and go, how do I get different? Go to the Red Sox. And then they're going to disregard the twins. They can have some recency buys from yesterday. The twins, you know, whatever, you know, they, they did me wrong. And then they're going to look at Marco Gonzalez and remember when he was a good pitcher and then, then go, okay, man, maybe you don't stack against Marco Gonzalez. So I think the twins ownership, I think their expectation is as high as the Red Sox, but may end up being like half his own. I don't have anything else to add. I love, I love the twins today. You know, we'll definitely be interested to see what their lineup looks like. And I don't think you have to put garlic. I'm with you. Um, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a great play in general. Um, even at his price, there's just so many cheap guys. It's just so easy to make the stack work without him. Right. Just leave the garlic on your pizza, not in your lineup. Yeah. Roasted garlic. Right. That's, that's right. what you gotta get. All right. We finish it out. Oh no, we have one more. No. Yeah. We finish we it out with Milwaukee at St. Louis, um, seven and a half total Milwaukee, a 136 favorite, uh, Corbin Burns against Adam Wainwright. Um, we'll start with Burns. Like I said, look greatness first start. You know, pitching against a much tougher team in Minnesota than what he's going to face today with St. Louis. Um, a lot of right-handed bats in this lineup. A lot of upside here for Burns if he is going to get the pitches and he's going to pitch deep into the game. Right. To me, that's the only concern is how many pitches he's going to pitch. If he's pitching well, he'll pitch nine. He'll pitch 90, 95 pitches. That's fine. But if he gets into a trouble, like you said before, trouble in that fifth inning, the Brewers' bullpen is the best in the league. They have no problem bringing them out. So. So to me, like the more Burns is owned, the less that I want to play him. So like if people are going to be scared because of that, then I want it. I, w- I want to take advantage of that in GPP because I, th- I really think I think the chalk is going to be two of Burns, Berrios and Lynn. It's going to be people are going to take two of those. And if Burns wins out over the three of them, I'd rather play the other two. But I mean, it's still I mean, I mean, it's still Corbin Burns. I mean, still. I mean, he could strike out 10 guys. I mean, he could strike 10 guys in five innings. So feel free to do so. He's facing all these righties. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals lineup has gotten better. But, I mean, you still have strikeouts there, right? Right? We still have Tyler O'Neill strikeout rate, Dylan Carson. I mean, it's a lot of power, but also a lot of strikeouts. So, like, to, to me, the only the only concern to me on Burns is is the pitch count. Just to give you guys an idea of what we're talking about, Woodruff was pitching a one-hitter with eight strikeouts through seven innings today, and he was at 74 pitches in the Yankton. Like, <laughs> th- that, that just give you an idea. Like, yeah, it's early in the season, and I get it, but he's cruising. Like, I, I watched some of that game today. He was cruising, like just absolutely cruising. He walked nobody, eight strikeouts, one hit, and they they pulled him out like you know so like that's the if it listen if i can get seven innings out of burns i'm super happy uh like i wasn't expecting woodruff to get seven innings so um i think burns is right up there with barrios i think strikeout wise they're the top two dfs plays on the slate um i don't think anybody else has the strikeout ceiling as those two guys on the slate uh wainwright on the other side <laughs> i'm out <laughs> like uh, this isn't 
this isn't again like this isn't years and years ago um adam wainwright just he's just not good he's just not going to strike guys out like he will limit the damage against right-handed hitters but he is not going to do anything against the lefty right he's facing one two three four probably five lefties and he's going to get four strikeouts against keston hira so you know that you know what's going to happen here is struck out, I think, 75% of it is at bats so far this season. So you know you could you could plug in three strikeouts against Hira. But outside of that, that's that's about all the points you're gonna get. Yeah, I, I actually kind of like the Brewers in this game. I think they're a, a really interesting secondary stack, you know, because you gotta you gotta get Yelich in there. Shaw is now third base. So as Vogelbach does crack the lineup, you can play both of those guys together. Um, and like maybe Hira is out and they give the Vogelbach a start here. Um, if Vogelbach plays like him and Kane are super cheap, Garcia is super cheap. Like they're a good secondary stack on maybe like a course fade where you want some cheaper bats and you're maybe stacking the Red Sox or maybe stacking the twins or something. Um, that's where I think the Brewers are going to kind of fit in today. Right. I think, I think uh, I, I, I view the, the Brewers as like cash plays. Like I think, like Colton Wong leading off at thirty three hundred at second base, Avi Garcia twenty nine hundred batting sixth. If he bats even higher, if he bats fourth, like to me, they're 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 value. I think if you if you're using projections and an optimizer, and you're not, and you're putting one offs in, I think these guys are going to pop. I think you're going to see like if Avi Garcia at twenty nine hundred bats fourth, you're going to see him like as a one off in half your lineups, or Colton Wong as a second baseman in a bunch of your lineups against Wainwright. Uh, but that'll make them more popular. So understand that since a lot of people use optimizers, that's what's going to happen. So I think Milwaukee's actually going to be, depending on how they, the order gets laid out, I think they're actually going to be a little higher on than than expected, only due to, like, the, the sites. I mean, you've been seeing the past week. Like, if you if you're, if you're, the Brewers project well, like, every single game because they're, they are underpriced. They're slowly coming up. Soon they're not going to be underpriced. Like Yelich really is underpriced at 5,200 against Wainwright. If it wasn't for the fact that we have a Coors game where Yelich is more expensive than all of them, like you'd be playing Yelich. Most likely, if Blackman was 6,000 and Story was 6,000 and Walker was 5,600, if we, we were talking about those normal Coors prices, we'd go, okay, Yelich at 5,200, plug him in. You don't have to. I'll, I'll play Blackman over Yelich, like every. I mean, against Merrill Kelly in Coors Field, more so. So I, I, th- I think these cheaper Brewers may get some ownership, and then obviously you could play Yelich in the stack. But I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, I just think they're gonna. I think the Brewers are gonna project well enough for a 4.3 implied run total against Wainwright that uh, they're gonna be a little. Uh, you can. I think we're gonna be surprised at at how owned they are. Not going to be high as owned as the Diamondbacks, the Rockies, probably not even as high as the Red Sox. But I, I, I think they'll be like maybe the fourth highest owned team on the slate. Wouldn't shock me. Just kind of looking at their prices, it, it definitely, definitely wouldn't shock me. Um, but it, it makes sense to look at some of the Brewers here. Maybe you, maybe you use the Brewers as like a four man and do like a four four um, to make it a little bit different or something. I don't know. Um, any interest in the St. Louis bets? One offs for, against for home runs, I guess. But outside of that, not a big fan of stacking against the Brewers bullpen. 
Yeah, um, I'm with you. There's just too many, too many good pitchers on the back end of that bullpen. Um, really tough to play them in general. Um, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're gonna get out of here um, under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Um, who do you like on the cheap end to, to get some strikeouts today? I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'll go to. I'll go with against the Marlins, Taiwan Walker. I'm not leaving you much, though. No, I'm going to go Erod. I think he's the next best option to get six or more strikeouts, just kind of looking at who's down here. Probably not going to play him today, but I think he's the next best option. Um, Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust out of the four guys that are up here today? Uh, You know who I'm going with. Arietta. Right. I mean, that's the obvious one. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going Burns or Barrios. So I guess I'll go Lance Lynn. This game's so much more fun when it's like ten plus games. Right, um, of course, I know. <laughs> over four thousand to hit a home run that's not in course. Okay, not it's always the not in course. I always get these shows that I always have a course. Over four thousand to hit a home run. Yep. I'll, I'll. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave you Nelson Cruz. Is that fine? That's who you. I wasn't want, gonna right? take him. You weren't going to take him? No. Oh, then I'll take Nelson Cruz. Yeah. I like it. Um, I'm going to go with J.D. Martinez. Oh, yeah, you're right, Matt Harvey. I could have taken any of the Red Sox. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I could have taken any of them. <laughs> um, under 4K to get two hits. Not Two in hits. Okay. Yep. Under 4K. Not cores. Or the cores, that doesn't matter. No cores. No cores. You play the whole cores lineup. <laughs> right. I know. For under 4K, you can. Two hits under 4K. Uh, mm, Michael Conforto. Oh, I like that one. That's a good one. Um, I really don't know who I want to pick. Conforto is good. I like that one a lot. Um. It's hard. I'm shocked that he's under 4K, right? I just saw him like, yeah, why is Conforto under 4K? I'll take him. Give me Adam Eaton. Yeah, that's not a sexy pick. I know, because all you're going to get is two hits, and you just hope that he scores some runs and gets some RBIs in the process. Um, Give me a stack to score six or more runs that's not in course. I'm going to go off the wall. I'm I'm, I'm going to go against the Boston bullpen. I'm going to say the Orioles, so you could take the Twins. I'm not going to take the Twins. I made it very clear on the show that I love the Twins today. Um, I'm not going to take them. I'm going to go White Sox. Off the board. Faking me out now? I tried to give you a gift. Well, I don't think we have to say that Boston and Minnesota are like, if you're not playing cores, probably the top two stacks outside of that. What? Yeah, but like, are you telling me you're not trying to win the morning grind game? I always try to win the morning grind game. So why I have a really good track record of winning the morning grind game. So, so even when you're not taking the team that you like the most, you'll take a different team just so you'll be different. I still think the white. I'm going to stack the White Sox in this slate. So I, you know, I only play three teams and I'm looking at stacking the White Sox. So then give yeah. me the Twins then if you're not going to take. Them. No, you already took Baltimore. No, because I thought I was going to give you a gift for the you Twins. Can't, I really you can't change your answer. That's because no, against... I took Arietta from you. I took well, I took the easy pitcher stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give Steven the Twins just to be fair. And you're like, no, the White Sox. And I'm like, what? What happened there? Oh, like I like to be different. You know. Okay. Mix it up. All right. Um, 
You know, did you did you prepare a, a an odd for today? Nobody hit it last week. Nobody nobody got the t-shirt last week um, when you were on. Um, do you have an over under anything that you're looking at today? Okay, well I could have I could say the over under and when we could get the Diamondbacks lineup, but uh, I'm assuming they'll be they'll be out on time now. Uh, I'm gonna let's let's uh, the over under on how many uh, of of what what what. What inning does Matt Harvey get pulled from the game? Inning. It has to be. Oh, that's that's too. That's a, that's a, like a lab question. Um, well, it, a, it depends on what the over under is. Well, we're trying to we're trying to give away a t shirt. So, tweet at us um, what you think. Which inning Matt Harvey's going to get? So how many? How many? How many? Him. Okay, we have to make it a little harder. I, okay, I know where you're going. We're trying to. Yeah. We have to make it a little harder enough that it's not. It's not like yes or no. Uh, let's let's put it as. Uh, Do you how many pitches he throws? Yeah, yeah, that something like that, right? How how many how many pitches does he end up throwing? All right, how many pitches does Matt Harvey throw? Um, we have two shirts to give away because nobody won the one last week. So if two people guess the right answer, we'll give away two shirts. If three what do you people, think the over under would be of 70, pitches. 70? I would say sixty eight. Just because okay. it's the first number that popped in my head, right? Um, for as far as bets go, first look here. Um, I really like the Milwaukee um, money line. You know, it's a minus one thirty six. So you got to give a little juice there, but I, I really like Milwaukee to beat St. Louis in that game. So that's that's first look. Um, yeah, I like the over in the Boston game too. Nine and a half. I like the over in that game. So, all right, that's it. Um, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, I'll be on Grinders Live in the morning, so you'll listen to this podcast, and then I'll be on YouTube with uh, with Dean in the morning instead of the pregame show. Whenever there's a day slate, you know I'll be on Grinders Live, and then you could normally hear me or see me uh, eleven o'clock in the morning every every weekday for the DFS pregame show, where we go over we go over the previous day slate, we go over a little bit of strategy for that day slate. I answer a lot of strategy questions, so if you show up live. And you want to ask questions about it could be anything from using the tools at Roto Grinders. If you have questions about lineup HQ, if you have questions about gut line of construction, game theory, bankroll management, contest selection. I mean, literally anything. It's it's a it's a very interactive show. We have a lot of regulars in the chat. They help out as it is in the chat. They answer the questions before I do. So uh, if, if you want to come come hang out in the morning, eleven o'clock Eastern on youtube that's gonna wrap it up here for thursday we'll be back talking baseball on friday's podcast if you're wanting to check out basketball will and justin have the basketball podcast up as well so getting both here for the month of april good luck everyone and we'll see you guys again tomorrow